0: Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will spotlight the U.S. technology sector as we will examine the key drivers behind recent performance, discuss how to position within the space in consideration of improving economic conditions, along with cite the risks to be mindful of, as well as the trends to monitor. Uh, Joining me here on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to the podcast Kevin Deneen, Technology and Community. Communication Services Analyst for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Kevin, it's always great to be with you. Welcome back to Top of the Morning and looking forward to digging into some of these topics with you today.
1: Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me back on.
0: So, Kevin, as a starting point, it might be helpful to hear your thoughts, reflections on how the group has performed in recent weeks. I'm sure our listeners, our clients are at this point well aware of the turbulent periods we've been experiencing throughout the broader markets over the course of May. Over the past few weeks. In some cases, that has been concentrated to the technology space. So, Kevin, what's your take on the movement we've been seeing as of late?
1: Yeah, you know, I think think there's a couple of things. So, I think we have to keep in in mind we're coming off of a very strong year of performance for the technology sector, both on an absolute and a relative basis. And and year to date, we are lagging. Uh, The sector's up about 7% versus the S&P being up about 12%. And I think what we're seeing, Jen, in terms of that volatility that, that you referenced, I think we're seeing a couple of things. I mean, I think you're seeing some of the more cyclical parts of, of the market, the more cyclical sectors, we're seeing that sort of outperform technology. And that's probably justified because if you think back about, uh, if you think back to 2020, the technology sector was a, actually a major beneficiary of some of the dynamics that we saw in COVID. Fundamentals for the sector held up remarkably well, and for all the right reasons. Right, businesses had to retool for a more digital environment. We had work from home, and we had school from home, and even something like smartphones had had benefits, uh, particularly in the U.S. from from, from stimulus. And sentiment helped. 2020, despite the pandemic, was was a what we call a risk-on environment. Right, you had you had a strong monetary and fiscal stimulants that made people want to stay invested. But investors really sought out secular growth. They viewed this as actually defensive in that kind of environment. And even more so, investors really looked for companies and and industries that had recurring revenues and strong balance sheets and healthy cash flows. And that really pointed them towards towards um, the technology sector. And, of course, the interest rate environment helped because lower interest rates and a flatter yield curve or, or the difference between um, longer rates and short-term rates, that also helped because that, that pushed technology sector valuations higher. And, and I think you have to understand that and appreciate that backdrop to understand and appreciate what's happening now because the market backdrop is changing. Now, there's, you know, clearly there are some parts of the world that unfortunately are struggling with COVID, right? We see some very difficult headlines coming out of parts of of Asia, but some of the larger economies in the world are reopening. And what you're seeing, I think, is is a couple of things. You're seeing the more cyclical parts of the market start to outperform. Um, You're seeing uh, IT lagging a little bit because, you know, it's not that fundamentals are bad. Actually, fundamentals are, are, are probably getting a little bit better, but incrementally, Technology sector doesn't benefit from this improving economic backdrop, this improving pandemic backdrop, uh, the way that other sectors do. And of course, you know the sector is coming off a a much higher valuation level. And I think some of the risk here, or some of the volatility, has been uh, interest rate driven. As interest rates moved up, maybe not over the last month or so, but if you think back over the last six, seven, eight, nine months, as interest rates moved up and the yield curve steepened. Valuations in the technology sector got to be compressed. Valuations went down. That's a headwind to stock performance, and I think that's really the biggest challenge here. Um, the sector's trading at 25 times um, forward earnings. That's a premium versus a market which is at 21 times. Um, it's 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 not a cheap group. Um, it's not super expensive. Uh, you know, we're not talking about anything like dot com level type. Um, valuation and we do think there's some pockets of value and opportunity but I think that entire backdrop that you know last year IT benefited from a particular set of circumstances this year some of that's unwinding and you're seeing some underperformance from from the technology sector because fundamentally we don't get that seen lift from an improving economy from better news on the pandemic and of course there's some headwinds to valuation. So we think that those are really – that's the big picture on – You know, uh, understanding the performance year to date.
0: Well, Kevin, thank you for setting the stage. That was very helpful and there is quite a lot to unpack there. So a few areas I want to dive a bit deeper into and follow up on. You look at the U.S. economy today showing continuous signs of improvement, reopening. In fact, I know Alara Kane and Michelle Liberty from the thematic investing team recently launched the business spending rebound investment theme. We actually spoke about that on top of the morning yesterday. You cited how IT might benefit differently than other sectors when it comes to business investment, business spend. So can you expand a bit in terms of how tech might benefit from this environment that we're moving into, this improving economy and this business reopening?
1: Yeah. So, you know, to be clear, I think as the global economy improves, as the U.S. economy improves, that's, that's certainly a positive for technology spending. Um, but it's it's sort of an incremental positive, like technology spending w- was healthy in 2021. Maybe it was a little soft, but it was relatively strong. It'll be healthy in, in I'm sorry in 2020. It'll be good this year. It'll be good next year. Um, but again, it's it's incremental change, right? It's it's other sectors that are benefiting more. If we think about how an improving economy impacts technology directly, I think we actually actually have to think about this sort of industry group by industry group within technology. I think. If we, if we start with software, you know, that's been probably the best secular growth story within the technology sector over the past decade. Software grows, you know, sort of 8% year in, year out. It, it is famously, as Mark and Andreessen said years ago, software is eating the world. Um, we had a little bit of a downtick last year in software growth rates. We're gonna get some acceleration this year, but, but pretty much I would say steady state. I think, you know, software projects, they're big, they're complex, they're often uh, as much about changing the business as it is about changing the technology. So I think a, a better economic backdrop helps, but it doesn't really change the tone of software spending all that much. Sort of the same thing for IT services. Now, hardware, I think it's a little bit more of a mixed bag. I think you have to break hardware into two pieces. There's a smartphone market, which is largely consumer-driven, and then there's, you know, i'll call it enterprise it pc server storage network equipment smartphones you know it's going to be a decent year for smartphones we're going to be up this year um that shouldn't be a surprise because we've been down since i think 2016 17 18 19 and 20 We're all down years in the smartphone industry the installed base got stretched we've got 5g we've got carriers really pushing 5g so smartphones Benefited a little bit last year already because of uh, stimulus checks in the States, um, some pent up demand in China. Smartphones will be good this year, um, but probably we've seen some of the best growth of the year already. On the other hand, I think enterprise spending, enterprise technology, the PC, PC refresh cycle, um, the need to re architect. Networks for in businesses because when we go back into the office, the office we go back to will be different than the one than the one we left. We'll be
2: more nomadic.
1: We're going to be more video. We're going to connect more devices, and we're going to connect more devices wirelessly. There's security issues around there, so we think that that's a real bright spot as we look ahead. That's that's an area that we think has a lot of leverage against the, the reopening. Uh, the idea of of a of a, re, of a reopening and and all of us getting back to work. Cloud computing, that's a secular trend, but we think we're actually um, hitting a cyclical uptick here. Uh, not necessarily related to, to the reopening, but certainly going to happen nonetheless. Um, so, so that's sort of the way that we, that we think about it. And, and of course, underneath all of this is semiconductors, which powers all of the things that we're talking about. And we feel very good about, about semiconductors. Um, we think that, you know, it's really, the, the cycle may have peaked. Uh, I'm sorry, the growth rate may have peaked, but we don't think the cycle has peaked. Um, we think that end market demand, whether it's autos and industrials, whether it's the PC market, the server market, even smartphones, we think we think uh, demand is really good, supply is really tight. We feel very good about semis. And we do think that's a, a reopening beneficiary, right? Because this, this is, semis go into the things that power our digital world and, and you know, as as IT spending in in, in the hardware area improves. We think that's a positive for semiconductors.
0: So Kevin, as you cited, the technology sector, it's a vast space. Several subsectors within each, I'm sure, possess their own unique headwinds. So as we're heading into the second half of 2021, any standout headwinds? And I know on previous podcasts, we've spoken about everything from geopolitics to regulatory concerns in Washington, D.C., but anything across the board universal that stands out or anything specific to a subsectional? Within the group that we should be monitoring heading into the second half of 2021.
1: Again, it, it's a really interesting question, and it's sort of a frustrating answer because I don't think the issue, the risk for or headwinds for the for the IT sector as we look ahead, you know, through the rest of the year and even into 22. I, I don't really think the risk is about fundamentals. I mean, of course, there are some geopolitical issues out there that we have to be mindful of. There's some regulatory issues. I would argue that those regulatory issues aren't really broad across the the technology space. They, they really focus more, I think, on you know um, the, 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 the Internet platforms and some of the social media platforms and you know a few select sort of mega-cap means. But it's, I, I, I think the regulatory backdrop for the broad technology sector isn't really the issue. I actually don't think the issue is fundamental at all for the technology sector because, as I said, Fundamentals, the outlook is good. Everywhere we look, we, we're, we're pretty encouraged by the, by, by, um, how we think fundamentals are going to develop. But I think it's really about interest rates and I think it's really about rotation. And we talked about this earlier in our conversation, but it seems pretty clear to me that interest, higher interest rates, steeper interest rate curve, that could be a headwind for technology shares, especially those, you know, very high multiple kind of classic growth stocks within the technology sector. Um, I want to be clear, though. I mean, we're, we're, we're clearly cautious about valuation, but in no way, shape, or form do we think that valuations in the technology sector are anything like valuations in 99, you know, the dot-com bubble. Valuations today, they're rich, but they're not outrageously so, particularly when you think that, you know, the technology sector, it's a lot more mature. We're talking about real businesses with health, healthy margins, solid balance sheets. And, and abundant cash flow. So there's some risk to valuation, but it's, it's not, I don't think we're talking about sort of dot-com crisis type uh, risk. And on rotation, I think it's, it really comes down to everything that we talked about earlier, that as other parts, as, as the economy generally gets better, we could see other parts of the economy um, benefit. We could see other sectors that are more economically sensitive benefit, and they're coming off of lower valuation basis. So we could see some money out of you know this secular growth story of technology and into this cyclical recovery. That that could I think that's actually one of the bigger headwinds. And in some ways, that is you know almost a circular argument to rates. Uh, if we get higher rates because we get a better economy, uh, or do we get a better economy and that drives higher rates? Either way, I think those two things are a headwind for for um, technology stocks in terms of valuation.
0: Now, Kevin, in terms of themes and trends, a few moments ago, you spoke about a marquee one, the rebound in business spending, which of course is a near to medium term focus. Though anything else that you've been monitoring or that investors within the group should take notice of, even if it's more longer term that you can share with us in terms of themes and trends?
1: Yeah, you know what, Dan? Maybe we'll break it into two parts and, and talk about you know where we see some opportunities that, that we think are sort of cyclical in nature and then when we when we we'll talk about some opportunities that we think are are sort of long duration opportunities you know things that are secular storage. So on the cyclical side, look, we're, we're big bulls on on the 5G story. We've been bulls for years. We think that all the pieces are in place where you're going to see you know um, more acceleration in 5G rollouts. But in particular, 5G for what it means beyond the smartphone. I think 5G has real implications for broadband access. We're going to see fixed wireless access where wireless carriers sell you broadband into your home or into your business using a 5G wireless network. We're finally, after waiting for 20 years, we're going to see the Internet of Things materialize. This idea that we put sensors out in the real world and we're going to collect that data and we're going to do things with that data. You know, data is the feedstock for artificial intelligence. So the more data we can collect out in the real world, the more AI can have an impact on us. Um, we're also, you know, very positive on the semiconductor cycle. I referenced this earlier. I think the world is structurally short silicon. I think the demand for compute, demand for analysis, um, demand for, for for semiconductor capability. It's 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 just, it's becoming the strategic national. Um, uh, Strategy. It's become a strategic national importance across multiple regions. Right, the U.S. is trying to foster a semiconductor industry. China's been at it for decades. The Europeans they want to reinvigorate their semiconductor industry. It just shows the criticality of this of this group. And we think there's opportunities right here, right now given valuations, given demand, and and, and given given the backdrop. So those are sort of shorter term, more more cyclical uh, ideas. Longer term, you know, I'm convinced I'm going to spend the rest of my career focusing on, you know, sort of five key enabling technologies. 5G is going to be a big part of it. It's going to be this kind of communications layer that goes across everything. Artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and, and, and augmented reality big data which isn't just a lot of data it's messy data it's it's non standardized data and cloud computing and I think that when you put these things together the sum is greater than than the parts uh, I think that in comedy these technologies in and of themselves are interesting but when you put them together in particular ways you end up with very disruptive solutions and I think this is essentially a, a new technology stack that will have implications and be put to use in every um, industry across the global economy. And of course, probably the biggest secular theme of them all is cybersecurity, which is, again, front and center in the headlines. It is the one thing that no matter uh, what we say about technology or what one views about technology, cybersecurity is, is the ultimate necessity. None of the things that we're trying to achieve in technology happen without cybersecurity. And, you know, it's, there's a clear, sic, uh, secular uh, backdrop there, whether it's hacktivists, whether it's, uh, international hackering, state-sponsored terrorist hacking, cyber criminals, any of it, corporate espionage. It, it, it's all just fuel to the fire, and I think you know if you're looking for a regulatory tailwind in technology, it's probably around cybersecurity.
0: Kevin, there's clearly no shortage of long-term stories or themes that will remain with us that could yield opportunities for portfolios. But as we're beginning to close out, I do want to follow up on a point you brought up: opportunities right here, right now. So in terms of sector positioning, given where we are today, uh, given the broader market environment, and the fact that we've reinforced a few times through. Throughout the podcast, that the economy is moving closer towards a reopening, a rebound. How should investors think about positioning within the technology space today?
1: So, we have a neutral view on the technology sector, meaning we're advising clients to have uh, an allocation in the technology sector that's roughly in line with the benchmark. Most people use the uh, S and P 500, so that's roughly a 25% allocation. to be clear, we're we're not negative on technology. We're neutral. We think that there's this sort of push-pull dynamic uh, across fundamentals, valuation, and rotation risk, all all the things that we talked about. But clearly, you know, longer term, technology offers one of the, I think, best growth prospects. Uh, It's a fundamental part of the economy. It's growing in importance, and it sort of enables everything that we're trying to achieve socially, politically, economically, militarily, right? So you, you can't we're not saying a bet against the sector, we're just saying right now we think you should be neutral. Um, within that, I would argue you want cyclical, a little bit more cyclical exposure over secular, so that's, we talked about that earlier, semiconductors really fit that bill. Um, we think you want small and mid-caps over large, so maybe you go down in capitalization. You know, 2020 was an unusual year. It was a very narrow market in the technology sector, meaning only a handful of stocks. I think less than 25% of the sector actually outperformed the benchmark. Um, that tends to sort of oscillate over time. We think that it's it's we're going to have a broader tape, a broader technology tape, and we think you can capitalize on it by having um, a little bit more exposure to small and mid caps, and and, and some value stocks or over, over growth. Um, to be clear, we're not saying exit growth um but we're saying maybe at the margin you should have higher exposure to value type stocks and again that that also sort of fits in with our our argument for cyclical over secular and uh, you know on the growth side we you know own the classic growth stocks own own the compounders but own means that are are reasonable valuations because that way you know maybe we get some multiple compression but if you own you know some of these growth at a reasonable price type software companies that are growing 15, 20% per year, you know, over time, they can power their way through these valuation headwinds. Um, and lastly, you know, we, we like semis over software and services for all the reasons we talked about semi, cyclical exposure, not a lot of interest rate risk. Some, you know, think there's really good demand through this year and into next software and services. It's fine. Demand is healthy. Demand is probably going to improve some, but not a lot. And you do have some valuation risk there. And then on the hardware group, you know, we're, we're, we're a little bit underweight there. We're, we're, we're least preferred there, and that's mostly a reflection of we're not that excited about the smartphone market. We think that maybe the best growth rates for the year are either behind us or happening now. We see some longer-term risks. We think that market's saturated. But within hardware, we'd focus you on com equipment, whether it's what I talked about with networks having to get re-architected or it's 5G, we think comm equipment is a cheap group with fundamental tailwinds. We think it's underowned, and we think it creates an opportunity.
0: Kevin, thank you very much for spending some time with our clients, our listeners today on the podcast. Of course, there's been an abundance of developments within the technology space as of late. A performance and positioning as well have been notable points of interest in recent times. So, Kevin, greatly appreciate your insights and looking forward to having you back on to follow up on these items and catching up again with you soon. So, thank you again for your time today, Kevin. Appreciate it.
1: Great. Thanks very much, Dan.
0: Thank you, Kevin. And again, today we've been joined by Kevin Denine, technology and communication services analyst for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, as a reminder to our clients and listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located up on ubs.com forward slash cio. Now, for clients of UBS. You can contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topics, access Kevin Deneen's latest research, or receive any of his publications or blogs directly. Though again, they can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS Trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.